Today on the Tech Bytes podcast, we talk about the risks that IoT and OT devices can present and how to mitigate those risks. IoT and OT can be tricky because these devices need network access, but you often can't put endpoint security agents on them. And depending on your industry vertical, these IoT or OT devices may be mission critical. And I'm thinking here about medical equipment or sensors in industrial manufacturing. Our sponsor to discuss IoT and OT security is Palo Alto Networks, and our guests are Kalyan Saddam, Director of Product Management, and Shravanti Reddy, Senior Product Marketing Manager. Kalyan, welcome, and Shravanti, welcome to the podcast. Um, what are some of the common characteristics of IoT and OT devices that make them, say, a separate category from laptops and, and smartphones? Yeah, some of the things that we talk about IoT devices, right? Let's first of all clarify what are the IoT, OT devices in the scope of our discussion today. There are many names out in the market in terms of IoT devices, OT, medical IoT, industrials, control devices, and so on, right? Typically, these devices are everywhere, at your home, on the road as you're driving to work, or in your office buildings, classrooms, hospitals, critical infrastructure, water treatments, and so on. From our point of view, these devices are purpose-built devices, right? They are designed to provide a specific function. And traditionally, these devices are built for optimal performance to deliver for the, whatever function that they are being uh, decided. Uh, they have really long shelf life. Uh, oftentimes they are shipped with vulnerabilities and because of their long shelf life, they often get more vulnerable uh, over their lifespan, right? Mm -hmm. Traditional security controls typically cannot apply for these devices because they are resource constrained because of memory or footprint and so on. That's basically some of the landscape in terms of IoT OT devices. I also think a lot of IoT devices are not managed. Like we often think of edge devices as laptops or smartphones, and you can put, you know, mobile device managers on those or desktop management on those. But one way to think of IoT is all the devices you can't manage with the normal tools. Is that one way to look at it? Absolutely. Yeah, that's, again, also is one of the reasons why these devices tend to have very difficult managing them from a security point of view, yes. Hmm. So let's talk about the risks that IoT or OT devices introduce to an organization. I'm thinking like, you know, if there's a security camera trained on a loading dock outside, how much of a risk is that really to my network? Well, it's one thing in terms of that security camera. And if you're losing access to that footage or somebody else is watching your security footage, but then there's a totally different problem when you think about the security camera becoming the doorway into your network. Malicious actors have shown time and time again where they are able to use these weak security posture IoT OT devices to breach into enterprise networks, right? Um, we have seen cases like, hey, fish tank thermometer in Las Vegas casino was used to breach into the casino uh, network, steal the high roller database, and actually took the database out from the through the fishing uh, uh, or fish tank thermostat into the internet. That's essentially, as you can see, IoT OT devices can pose totally different type of risk from a, any organization point of view. Fish tank is a vulnerability. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I think that's brilliant. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure when I turn to my hacking career so that, that I keep that in mind. Start with the fish tanks. <laughs> so I guess that the point is there that these devices, again, as you mentioned earlier, because that they're running software, that software could have vulnerabilities. Maybe it hasn't been updated uh, someone can uh, exploit those vulnerabilities and then they use that essentially as an entryway into your network. Absolutely. And another problem is also that malicious actors could lurk inside these IoT, OT devices, stay there for an extended period of time and avoid any type of detection. If you think about a traditional endpoint, 
you would have uh, agents running on them that can scan the storage devices or the memory to see if there is anything malicious going on or what type of registries or store, uh, locations or file locations are being accessed within the device, right? As far as the IoT OT devices, because you cannot install these agent softwares, endpoint security software, you cannot detect anything that may already been present on those devices. It, you need to kind of watch it and take a totally different type of approach to try and secure these devices. And how does the customers, you know, their vertical or their industry impact the risk of IoT devices? When it comes to IoT OT devices, right? If you think about it, most of these malicious actors are looking at these devices as a weak entry points into the network. It all boils down to what is the motivation for these malicious actors, right? If uh, depending on the customer's industry, let's say if you are a financial institution or a retail store, or if you are a hospital and the manufacturing plant, what type of uh, motivation that's driving for a malicious actor to attack such an industry kind of influence it, right? And also the type of malware that we have seen also varies based on the type of uh, what you call a lot of times, right? If you think about uh, industrial control devices, one of the very well known and documented uh, attack was a nuclear plant attack uh, where malicious actors were able to get in and basically able to change the dimensions of the uh, uranium enrichment plant so that on the surface, everything looks okay. But then when it comes to the product that actually got produced, it wasn't enriched enough and such, right? Again, um, the fish tank example, for example, uh, I quoted earlier, the, if the motivation was to actually steal data, then it's a different ring, right? So the approaches that you would want to take when it comes to actually thinking about security kind of varies quite a bit as well. So I think we probably want to have a separate uh, podcast for how we go about securing each of these industry verticals and how Palo Alto Network's IoT OT security solutions are tuned to basically able to identify these uh, threats for any of the verticals that uh, each of these organizations may be in. Yeah, I think this is a topic that would really deserve a deep dive. And uh, Shravanti, I think you've got some examples, some real world examples of uh, attacks that have occurred exploiting IoT and OT devices, yes? Yes, Drew. So recently, a coffee shop in North Carolina encountered a breach in its payment system when a hacker exploited the shop's smart thermostat, like using it as a point of entry, uh, as we just talked about Kalyan, you know, at, uh, what Kalyan mentioned about Fitch Tank. Hmm. Another major furniture retail giant recently, they became a target of ransomware attack. Um, again, that's disrupting their entire operations across multiple countries. Now, these are all targeted against the company's IoT-powered platforms, and these were utilized for managing the you know smart home products. When we talk about breaches and we talk about disclosure after, we don't often hear people talk, point at IoT as a vulnerability. And what you're saying here is that two major cases of, you know, breaches were through IoT. Is this just more common than we hear about? Well, as Kalyan mentioned, right, uh, mm. it doesn't matter whether what vertical, you know, what industry we are talking about, retail, government, state, local agencies, banking, healthcare, they all use IoT devices, right? Mm -hmm. And these are unmanaged IoT devices. So these hackers have easy access to these devices which are connected to Wi-Fi or local networks, and that become an easy point of entry. I'd like to share a use case from one of our, you know, customer stories uh, in Turkey. So these folks are um, number one homewares providers. They have like you know, 400 stores across Turkey. They have 
2000 IoT devices like scanners, cameras, etc. These lack visibility and control, right? And it was getting difficult for them to manage them on, you know, efficiently on a day-to-day basis. Now, they were looking for a unified, you know, cybersecurity platform approach that needed like, you know, it's modern, it's integrated, uh, and they can safeguard their expanding digital and physical environments as they were, you know, expanding their businesses. Now, Mm. Along with Palo Alto Network's next-gen firewalls, right, the solution also included our zero-trust enterprise IoT security, which mm. allowed them to discover, assess every device, segment them, and apply least privilege accesses, right, to so that they could secure all these future innovations uh, that they, they were coming up with. I'll end by saying, like, you know, talking about one more customers of ours who are in public sector implemented our enterprise IoT security, emphasizing the importance of, you know, continuous monitoring and, you know, regular updates to these unmanaged IoT devices and system. They also took a proactive, a holistic approach to IoT security, which means, you know, doing things like training the employees about what these, these devices are. So, I just want to end by saying that, you know, both these customer use cases, there has been a significant enhancement in the cybersecurity posture after implementing uh, a robust IoT security. Yeah, so I think we've got a very good sense for what the risks are. Can we drill in a little bit more into what uh, people can actually do to mitigate these risks? Yeah, so in terms of how customers can think about going about mitigating or securing these IoT, OT devices, you know, let's look at, right, we talked about briefly at the beginning that, you know, if you are a traditional endpoint device, you can add an agent and then go about securing them that way and and Mm -hmm. observe maybe going on maliciously. So it all begins with understanding, you know, what is this device? If you think about, again, a traditional endpoint, you would know, okay, this is a uh, company laptop and who is the user that has logged into the device and you are able to kind of take that understanding of the device and then uh, understand who is the user and then make a decision on what type of applications what type of networks on your enterprise you, you have access to right so if you would draw parallels to that for iot ot devices typically there is really no endpoint agent um, that you can ident- uh, install on these devices. So let's look at what other options we have. So you would want to identify these devices, right? Traditionally, they're in the market. Um, signature-based identification came in, but then they are very difficult to scale because there's so many new devices coming into the market uh, all the time. And then let's say we have that solved. Then you would go about uh, taking that identified device identity and start to think about where uh, you want to place this on the network in terms of which segment of the network you want to place it, and then use that as a basis to control the level of access or what other devices that you may have on the device on the same network and make a uh, decision in terms of level of security that you would have. So in summary, basically, device identification, segmenting these devices on the network with uh, maybe a similar type of devices, say all the similar cameras are, as well as deciding what type of applications are where on the network they would be allowed to communicate with, right? That's how generally the different approaches exist for securing these IoT OT devices. And what's the role of zero trust here? That's a great question. So I would say zero trust has become the next leap forward in order to actually truly be able to secure these IoT OT devices. When it when you think about zero trust uh, for IoT or OT devices, 
you would want to identify right from the beginning in terms of is this a authorized device or what is the device that we are allowing you want to uh, have an understanding of okay given i know this device is a camera or a scanner or an x-ray machine in a medical facility or a uh, plc control and industrial controls network you want want to uh, have an understanding in terms of what are the trusted or allowed behaviors that you want to permit on your network right and then you would start to not only identify and allow these behaviors uh, that you would trust, but then you will also want to have a ongoing monitoring to make sure that um, your that device, when it, once it's permitted on the network and it's allowed to use certain applications, it's actually doing what you what it is supposed to, right? Got it. Okay. So it sounds like I'm hearing first a device identification, then. Um, segmenting the network, and third, using zero trust to, to add that extra layer of security. So how is Palo Alto Networks differentiating itself in these capabilities? That's a great question. So today, the solutions out there in the market are primarily visibility only, are alert-only solutions, right? They would require constant signature updates to discover any additional new devices coming into the market. They do not offer any native security enforcement or forget about prevention, right? They, they don't have any such enforcement capabilities, period. And they often requires complex integrations with other uh, infrastructures, whether it is security infrastructure or networking infrastructure to orchestrate onboarding and as well as a uh, segmentation type of use cases, right? To improve the overall uh, security posture of these devices. They also require single purpose sensors being deployed all over the network um, not only initial deployment, also ongoing management of it. So now if we were to contrast that with Palo Alto Network's um, Zero Trust IoT OT security solutions that we have, we offer both visibility and security natively in one single platform. Our solution uses a machine learning-based auto-discovery classification of these devices down to their make and model and even using our DPI and app ID capabilities, we are able to identify applications and the transactions that are uh, running down to their software versions of the devices and such. We use that device identity and the knowledge about the de uh, device and the software running and the versions of them. We're able to offer passive risk assessment uh, in terms of known vulnerabilities that we have. We are able to identify weak security postures in terms of uh, potentially having default passwords still there, manufactured default passwords that never got changed. Uh, that essentially provides kind of an easy way into the net devices and such. And we use that device identification and as a crowdsource knowledge as a way to identify and establish what is normal, right? Essentially for a given camera or a given extra machine or a given PLC controller or a historian in an industrial network, our solution understand what is normal for them. We use that as a basis to provide policy recommendations for our customers so that you don't have to come up with those uh, uh, zero trust policies yourself. Because if you think about it, even some of the manufacturers of these devices do not have such information that they would be able to share. So we offer that type of recommendations so customers can take that and then uh, orchestrate a posture where you would only allow the trusted behaviors, right? And finally, because we are a firewall uh, platform itself, we are offering the solution on our firewall platform, whether it is virtual hardware or containerized or in the cloud, you are able to leverage all the other security inspections and 
uh, intrusion prevention technologies that we have within the platform as well, right? If you imagine all these devices that are either shipped with one, known vulnerabilities or got more vulnerable over a period of time, having this type of native security inspection and threat prevention can actually give our customers a lot more benefit in terms of um, prioritizing their vulnerabilities and getting to patching them at a certain period of time based on their business process and priorities. And as well as sometimes even extending the lifespan of these devices, which sometimes can cost hundreds of thousands of dollars to actually purchase or uh, do any maintenance on them, right? So it essentially offers multi-pronged approach in terms of device identification, risk assessment, uh, providing a way of uh, segmentation and zero trust policies, uh, intrusion uh, prevention or preventing any threats that are could be exploited on the vulnerabilities. And finally, we also have a way to kind of operationalize this, right? If you think about every enterprise has many uh, existing technology stacks in terms of third-party systems, you would want to kind of make those solutions IoT and OT aware because they are traditionally blind to those solutions. We would be able to take the device identity and then help you automate your workflows and streamline the operations as well. Okay, well, that does bring us to the end of our time. Uh, if people are interested in learning more about how to mitigate the risks of IoT and OT, uh, do you have any suggestions for them? Sure. So we have an upcoming uh, workshop, hands-on workshop um, that's on schedule uh, for February 15th. Um, you know, folks can join and learn more about all about the IoT security features that Kalyan just talked about um, and, uh, you know, get your hands on the product uh, for about uh, 45 minutes to one hour. Okay, great. Yeah, our audience does like to get their hands on things. So that's great. We'll have the link to that in the show notes that accompany this podcast. Uh, well, thank you to our guests from Palo Alto Networks and thanks to Palo Alto Networks for sponsoring us. And as always, thank you, the listener, for being with us. If you like this episode, you can find it and many more fine free technical podcasts and our community blog. It's all at packetpushers.net. You can hear us on Spotify, rate us on Apple Podcasts and connect with us on LinkedIn. And last but not least, remember that too much networking would never be enough.